That's well read, May, and I, I just feel like that's all we need to hear. <laughs> I, I, I can get off. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Paul, and I've been in this church for a while. I'm a child of God, married to the beautiful Tiffany. I am a nurse by trade and secretly want to be a comedian. So um, today the subjects we're going to speak about is relationship matters. And relationship does matter, doesn't it? So um, there's, a, there's a famous poem from John Donny. It says, no one is an island entirely of itself. Every man is a piece of a continent. You know, as, as human, we need to um, have this need to connect with people. We, we want to be around people, and we want to be in relationship with people. So if you're around long enough, you know that the, um, the, the good old phrase that it's not what you know, it's who you know, isn't it? Yeah, Lila is like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Leela, oh, well, Layla. oh, there we go. Oh, I'm out of this place. Um, well, any of us who have ever been to a, a holiday with our parents know that um, it's not how much money you, you need, it's just who you're going with. So Asian parents are great to go a holiday with. So relationship does matter, isn't it? Uh, last month, uh, Tiff and I went and visited a friend who um, uh, have been recently be parents for more, about more than a year. Well, they have their first sons, and it changes everything. Like, they basically reshape their identity, identify themselves as parents, redefine who they are. They always talk about being parents, and their whole life just evolves around their new child. So their routine, their lifestyles, everything changes. So relationship does um, change things, does matter. Um, and, you know, it, it does shape our identity, how people see us. And it does shape who we are, how we see ourselves. So um, if you're single and just started dating, everything changes. If you don't believe me, ask Jason Tan. <laughs> Marriage changes everything as well. If you don't believe me, ask the married couples. Last week we heard from uh, Pastor Jono preaching on the the last part of First John after 10 weeks. This week, I'll be preaching the whole of Second John. It's only 13 verses. Uh, so last week, Pastor John o was talking about Jesus being the life, the freedom, and our assurance. This week, I'm going to be very original and saying that Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the love, and Jesus is our obedience. So if you're not a Christian, and you're here today, you'll realize that we are at BCC, we're all about Jesus. So if you want to get with people in BCC, you better get with the relationship with Jesus. <laughs> so I don't want to sing that song from Spice Girl because I've got this mic. Um, so uh, we, uh, well, Jesus is the truth, isn't it? Is that we all live in this pluralistic society. So everything I say could be true. Um, every opinion seems to be valid and needed to be respected in this world. Um, maybe you yourself experience these differences in the workplace, in uni, and sometimes at home. Um, how do we continue to relate with people with different worldviews? 
And what does the Bible actually say about it? What does John, Second John, say about it? About Christians being in this world and being the difference in this world? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, we, um, we just thank you that you are good and you have not just sent prophets and laws and, and, and write this, the Bible and the scripture, but you send your son so that we may have a relationship with you, O oh God. And Lord, I just pray that today that um, as, as Christians, as brothers and sisters, we just see the need to be in relationship with you, to be in your truth, to know the love of God that transformed this world. And Lord, and help us to be joyfully obedient to your truth and to your commandments. And Lord, I just pray for um, our friends who do not know you. Uh, today, may, may they be inspired, be encouraged to, to know who Jesus is. And Lord, I just pray that you encourage them um, to seek you and to know you and to love you more. I pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. So let's look at Second John um, to see what John's insight is. So John begins his letter by addressing the elder, the elected lady and her children. Uh, this chosen lady has been debated by commentaries to be interpreted as addressing an individual person or the whole church, a whole community of believers well, I personally has no credit to say anything, but um, I personally lean toward toward more community. So, either way you're looking at it, the letter of Second John is addressed to believers. So, why did John write Second John? Let's look. Let's look with me again in verse two. It says, "Because of the truth which we live in us, will be with us forever." John is. Um, moving, moved by the truth that is within him. And, um, and that truth is, is living in him. That wha- and, and what does that really mean for the audi- audience that he's addressing to? Verse 3 says that because God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, the truth here is actually referring to whatever the truth comes from God. The truth here refers to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, um, and, and it's, it's about its implications. It's what is it the gospel is for? How does it help people to be coming to the kingdom of God? And how do we embrace the gospel? So the truth here that really matters for Christians is the truth from God. In another word, that the truth is the truth of Jesus Christ and his words. I'm wondering if you uh, read those verses, you realize that there is two relationships that John is experiencing behind those verses. Like, first one is, is the vertical relationship between him and God. And a, a second one is the horizontal relationship between John himself and the church. So if you're a follower of Jesus, which most of us are here today, it is an encouragement to us to continue to see the driving force behind our lives. That is not the job we may have. It's not the wealth we may gain. But it's actually the relationship, the vertical relationship with God that enable us to pour out true love, true joy for other people around us. So even if there is differences in view 
um, about the world and how things work, uh, the vertical relationship with Jesus enable us to do that. And that's the principle that if you don't believe in Jesus today, you can take for free. That relationship either builds you or breaks you, but choose wisely. Choose the relationship that brings joy and love. And relation, and you know, how do you choose wisely? That's probably a hard, isn't it? Like, a better question actually is, how do you become a friend that people want to be with? So, um, be funny, I guess. <laughs> but I, 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 I think what the, what John is actually referring to is, is actually you got to show love, you got to show care, and you got to show tenderness. So. The big question here is, what is love? And you know, I just want to jump into the song right now, don't I? <laughs> and most of you probably go, well, what, what does love got to do, got to do with it? <laughs> what love does got to do if you don't respect the game, isn't it? So there, there's just so many versions of what is love that's been thrown around that we, we really don't really wanting to understand what it love what love is, and we don't really care if it doesn't add benefits to, uh, to us. But a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Pete, Pastor Jono, and, and Dom has touched on uh, what is love. And basically, in the pluralistic society, it's up to the individual in how they feel. I mean, you can love Maccus, but that's not what John is referring to here. So let's look what John is really saying about what is love. Let's look at verse 6. And, and he's saying, And this is love, that we walk according to the, His commandments, and this is the commandment just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. So John, in essence, is saying that love is just obeying God, obeying His truth, recognize His truth. Recognizing that God is who is He is who He is, and we we just who we are. So God is being holy and glorious, and we fragile, easily fell, easily going toward disobedience, love to sin. You know, verse um, seven to ten says this, and I have technical difficulties here. Um, so, for many deceivers have gone out in the world, and those who do not confess that the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, such as a one is the deceiver and the antichrist, watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for you, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Jesus Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone who comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him anything. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked work. Oh, that's a strong verse that John is writing. But, but how does really obedience here that we're talking about relate to love, isn't it? Um, the real answer is that it's really simple is that because obedience here is the expressions of love 
and a conviction of truth. So for the husbands here, if your wife says, take out the garbage and you say no, uh, you know that there's something going on wrong. So you got to take out the garbage, man. <laughs> or any answer re- regarding to no is, is a really destructive kind of disobedient and a broken of relationship, isn't it? Um, do you want to eat? No. Do you want to go on a holiday? No. Do you uh, ask anything? Do you want to drive? No. Do you want to sleep? No. Do you want to uh, get healed? No. Well, you're going to be dead soon if, if that is uh, an answer that you're giving to every relationship in your life. Either it's, it's human-wise or it's vertically with God. So, but John here is, is not telling them a new teaching of commandments, but it's, it's an old, and they're just reminding that the people to walk in obedience with the truth and continue to love one another. So there is this three aspect of the truth, love, and obedience working intertwined with one another as one. That's uh, a great quote from uh, Pastor Pete there. What, but, but what's really different in Second John here is that John is really emphasizing on obedience to God's commandments. And the main reason why John is, is doing this is because there are unloving people in, in their community. There are actually people who are going around and teach the false Jesus. John's right to warn against these deceivers, these false teachers, and they call them the Antichrist. It's like antimatters, but this is the Antichrist. So it's, it's this really strong word of do not be associated with these people. Do not even be in a relationship with these people. So if you notice the Antichrist here, it actually refers to deceivers or false teachers, which is a bit different to the N, the eschatology Antichrist. So um, I'm just going to leave it as that for another day, for another day and for another sermon. But what's so distinctive about these false teachers, deceivers, and the Antichrist is that they don't recognize Jesus as the Son of God. They're just traveling around preaching a different type of gospel that John has received, John has experienced, and the believer has experienced. So they're being deceived by other voices. So living in this pluralistic society where you ought to respect all people's view, even when it's against the Bible. How do we deal with this? How do we live in, in this tension? And the answer is that we remain true to Jesus. We need to look to, to Him for the answer. So back to John's r- language here. It's, it's very strong. It's warning um, the, the church not to even welcome these teachers and not even to participate or interact with them because they, they're wicked. Man, does that really mean that we should not associate with any of the, um, the liars and the sinners in this world? Well, the answer is yes. Don't do it. But no, do it. Because, <laughs> you know, in, in 1 John 5 does says that, um, 16 says that, that there are a certain sins that do not lead to death, but there are also sins that do lead to death. 
So be wise and discerning in picking and choosing your friends. And, and be wise to hear out when the gospel has been misused. Be wise to hear when false Christ has been preached. So again, how do you detect a false gospel? Well, in any things, in, in, um, when we're going to the U.S., the, the way that to detect a false note is to put it under the lamp, test it. But for most people, it's, it's the more they look at the truth, the real stuff, that the fake stuff can easily be identified. So um, you can all say that you are, you're my real brother or my wife, but I know what my wife looks like. And most of you don't look like my wife. <laughs> so, so for us, how do we define... A, a I didn't hear that, so I'm going to ignore it. How do we, how do we n- know when someone who preached a false gospel, a false Jesus? Well, look at, look at God's truth that he has sent his one and only son. Look at his word. Look at the testi- uh, testimonies of the Bible. Look at Jesus. And ultimately, look at the expressions of God's love. So, you know, in, in 1 John 4, 7 to 9, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we may live through Him. Christians actually are called to live a different standard um, of living before God. We we ought to be living in the truth, the love, and the obedience of God. So again, these three are intertwined. It's it's almost distinguishable but inseparable. Um, And coming back to, to the third point, that Jesus being our obedience, you know, we do need relationship in our life, but what we need more is a relationship with God. And we know that earthly relationship either uh, builds us up or breaks us down. But John's instruct- instruction here is very clear. He says, walk in the truth of God. Love one another. Obey the commandments of the teaching of God. Because this is the requirement that we need to be with God. However, who amongst us here always be truthful, always loving, and always obedience to, w- to the Word of God. You see, friend, the, the standard for the relationship here of God is high. And, and I don't think none of us here able to put our hand up and say, I have met that requirement. And even the Bible in itself, Romans 3.23, say that no one is righteous. For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory, except for Jesus. It's not that we, you know, it's not that what we know is, is it's who we know, isn't it? The good news here is that Jesus Christ, that John was referring to, has become the obedience of God. He becomes our love and he becomes our truth. which helped us to remain in God. I don't know if you just noticed that, that, that there is a relational shift there. That the standard that we cannot meet, Jesus has met that for us. 
And all we need to do now is, is acknowledge that. And that's what the Bible is saying is being in the relationship with Jesus. Trusting in His truth. Uh, trusting that God is, uh, has sent Him as the Son. And He has come in the flesh. Which is what, what John is saying. So all we got to do is just embrace Jesus to become our standard of truth. Embrace Him as, as the expression of love to the world and to God. And become obedience before God. By just acknowledging Jesus as our bearer of sin, our savior of death. And this is what Romans 3.24 is saying, that we are freely justified by His grace through the redemption that comes by Jesus Christ. So that's, that's what the love of God is. And in, in closing of this chapter, uh, of verse 12, it says, I have... I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that your, your joy and our joy may be complete. You know, it's, it's, it's appropriate closing of uh, John in this epistle because God has write a certain letter to us years, many years and many ages ago when God has sent his prophets send his law but that was not enough god actually sent himself through jesus so that our joys our relationship with with god will be complete so i know about you guys but i'm amazed by that i'm amazed that god of the universe wanting to have a relationship with us you know it's the gospel of jesus christ in essence is just it's not what you can do morally or what you know, but it's the relationship that you have with Jesus. It is the relationship that, cha- that relationship with Jesus changes everything. As Christians, I wonder if you experience that. You know, like those new parents who, who have kids and the whole world changes, their routine and their lifestyle changes for the kids. We, as children of God, ought to also see ourselves as, as the children of God that our routine and our lifestyles should also change because we are in relationship with God. We're in this relationship that can change the world. So in closing, that my plea and my, my desire is that we just see the glory of, of God to be our core identity and that changes everything. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, we, we just thank you for your word and, and your warning against false teachers. Heavenly Father, God, we, we ask that your spirit would help us to focus, to see the truth of Jesus, to, to know and to experience his love so that we obey joyfully for your glory and for the sake of your people. I pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.